Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Birdie's Bums. It is us back at it again. Spring training is in full force. I'm excited about it. Ryan just woke up from a nap, so I'm going to have to carry all the energy. Yep, that's it. That's the intro. No, I I am doing good. I, I, let's get that straight. I took a nap for the reason to be prepared for the podcast. Maybe mm. not quite. I, I was... Mm. She's just got her things all up in a wad because she just had to listen to me for the past three minutes, try to figure out my mic. It was recording some weird levels. I got to figure it out now. I did the classic plug it in, take it out, plug it back in trick. It worked. Thanks for that moving story on your microphone. It's a real story of perseverance and, you know. Either way, we're ready to go. We're ready. I got a nap in. I got a Diet Dr. Pepper right at the bedside, and I'm ready to, you know, talk some brewers. All right. Let's start off with some news. Coming in today, it is Thursday, March 4th. Is it the 4th? It's the 4th. Yeah. And yep. March is weird. I hate March. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> I honestly do. It's the worst month. It's my the birthday month. The worst month out of the year. My birthday month. Well, like, I knew that. February well, and March suck. I don't like February. That's a bad month. March, my birthday month. I like it. But the thing with March is it's like the last month of winter. So I guess that's good. Right. But March is the last month without baseball. Like, regular season baseball. And so well, then, like... March sucks because it's just like spring training games and I'm just like ready to like start the season. Yeah, but the boys got to get back in shape. They got to see some I pitches. know. I know. Speaking of opening day, little segue there. Yeah. Good job. We're Thank professionals. You. We we really are. We really are. AmFam Field. I'm still getting used to saying that. I will say Miller Park probably 50% of the time, but we'll get there will be allowed at 25% capacity at the beginning of the season. The team hopes to increase that number as the season goes on. The Brewers, if you didn't know, put like a 350-page proposal together, and it was for 35% capacity, but they brought it down to 25%. A lot of people were worried that Like, the roof was going to be open all the time. The panels were going to be open all the time. However, there are no rules and restrictions against that. So if it's, like, 40 degrees on opening day, they're going to have the roof closed for the sanity of all. Okay. The roof thing, I didn't know was even a factor at play. But my question is, how am I going to get my hands on these tickets? Are they going to be hard to get? Or how are they deciding who gets to come to the games? From everything that I know, within the next week, they'll be reaching out to season ticket holders on if they're still in for the season, what games they want, and kind of have them reserve their tickets first. Isn't that you? Don't you have season tickets? No. So I bought opening day tickets off of SeatGeek that are technically season ticket holder tickets, so I still don't even know if I'm going yet or not. Oh. To be determined. But technically, they're season ticket seats, but they're through SeatGeek. No, I get you. So that's to be determined. And then once they figure out the season ticket situation, then they'll put together single game tickets. Honestly, the 25%, like, I, I'm for sure going to try to go to some games. The 25% thing almost sounds better because imagine leaving after the ninth inning and, like, not having that much traffic. Actually being able to get out of the parking lot and go. That's what I think of. Yeah, oh, and there's also no tailgating, though, which sucks. Yeah, but... You're telling me that I'm going to, like, go to a game, like, an hour beforehand and go into the stadium right away? Right, like, damn it, I have to get hammered in the stadium this time. I mean, not for me, but, like, maybe that's a you problem. Um, (laughs) But if you think about it, there's not... I don't know. Most stadiums like Miller or AmFam, AmFam Stadium, AmFam Field. Yeah, we're like one of the only places that religiously tailgate. Right. 
I mean, other stadiums do it, but like you know, Milwaukee is kind of the home. Green Bay, they're the home of the tailgate. So, right. Other you know other cities they probably see that and they're like, eh, okay, we don't really do it that much anyways. But like, I don't know. Like, what do I do? Like, go in an hour before the game. I want to like be there for five hours before oh, the game. Have you ever been to a Bucks game? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, you... See, I don't like – that's just weird to me. I want to, like – see, like, even though – even when I go to a Packer game, right, it's not that we don't tailgate every time, but you still leave, like, four hours early. You get to the stadium at, like, 1130 for a 3 o'clock game. You walk around for a little while. You say hi to the people. You go to Kroll's, and then you go in the stadium. I don't know. Usually for Bucks games or something, and probably what I'll do for Brewer games, I'll get there probably an hour before – go into the stadium and just get a snack, whatever, find my seats. Usually do some weird, like, pregame, oh, it's fun to watch some dude sing the national anthem or watch the players warm up, you know, it's stuff like that. Yeah, it'll just maybe be get you, Maybe get yourself an autograph. Ooh, look at that. Love the options. Have I told I've, – I've told the story of me not getting a picture with Orlando Arcia on the pod, right? No, I don't remember such story. Oh, it was it was when he was I don't know, a rookie. I don't know what year that would be, but I was in high school and I was at the Brewer game with my buddy, his little brother, and my buddy's mom. And Orlando Arcia was out there signing autographs and you know, we're kinda just too cool for school, whatever, those type of kids. I can see that. Well, not too cool, but like I didn't want to be the fan that asked for an autograph. And she's like She's basically just like, fine, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get a picture with him. I said, no, you're not. Sure as shit. Five minutes later, she comes back. She has like a damn selfie with him, like took the phone. He like has the phone. He took a picture of himself with her. Pretty cool picture. Orlando's honestly one of the nicest people ever. I've met him. Such a sweetheart. So he would have took a picture with me? Probably, yes. That would have been cool. And then he would have been my bona fide favorite player ever. I love Orlando. Like, I met him two years ago now, maybe, and was, yeah, like, the nicest like, person. Brag. Well, you got to go right. to the Brewers Fan Fest. I'm telling you, man. Here's here's the real question. And I guess if you don't want to say it on the pod, if we don't want to create enemies, you don't have to. But has there ever been a player that you met that rubbed you a bad way? Let me think. Hold on. Oh, good. Good radio. Well, <laughs> the overwhelming, and I've also met them at like a fan fest. So it's not like I met them like out on the street when they were like not expecting to meet somebody. Like this was right. like they were full blown ready to meet somebody. Honestly, right. I... I feel like everybody was super nice. Like I even like way throw back to when like Brett Phillips was like a top 10 prospect in our system. Like I, right. like I have a picture with Josh Hader and Brett Phillips because I wanted a picture with both and like I think I I think I had talked to Josh first and he was like hold on let me get Brett I'll get Brett over here so I have a picture with both of them like everybody's been super nice I've heard yeah I've heard from you and I've heard from uh my uncle who goes to Brewer Fantasy Camp every year for the last 15 years uh that Josh Hader is actually a super nice guy he is ama- like super chill like you could, like, walk up and be like, hey, what's up, man? He'd be like, what's up, bro? Like, like just kind of so that cool. he's just, like, a hunting. He loves hunting, fishing. I think mostly fishing. I don't know much about the hunting, but that's what he wants to talk about. You don't want to talk about the brewers. You don't want to talk about baseball. Talk to him about fishing. I'm sure you'll have a friend on your hands. There are players that I know just from hearing about that, you know, can rub people the wrong way, but it's not on me to speak because I've never met him. Right. Speaking of Josh Hader, he also started a YouTube channel. So, like, go check him out. I think what? it's. What? Yeah, I think it's like Hater Raid, I think is maybe the title of the channel. I don't know. He has one video out with Cody Ponce, uh, former Brewers prospect, now, I think a pirate. Good guy, okay. too. Yeah, speaking of the pirates, my celebrity crush, Vanessa Hudgens. That just... blew my mind. That blew my mind. She's dating a Cole Tucker shitty shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates, so. Out of every baseball player possible to date, she picks Dude, Cole Tucker. I, like, 
not to be that way, but like I think I look better than he does. It just, it honestly blew my mind because, like, I was the era of High School Musical. Like, that was my childhood. That was my everything. Like, I, like, I had it all. High School Musical, it was great. And then to see, like, that world and my baseball world collide with Cole Tucker being the median. Right. Really just throws me off. Cole Tucker? Like, maybe that's her type. But, like, if that's her type, maybe I don't want to be hers. No, I'm just kidding. I would. (laughs) If she said, hey, Ryan, prank up with your girlfriend and move in with me, I'd probably do it. (laughs) Too much. I feel so bad for your girlfriend. Well, she doesn't listen to the pod, so she'll never hear it. (laughs) No, but Cole Tucker, too. Like, all right, have fun with him when he's out of the league in three years. Yeah, honestly, I don't. The only way that I think they could have met is because Cole Tucker is, like, really good friends with Cody Bellinger. So I feel like there was some connection there that, like, sparked that, but still blows my mind. She pushed me away to Elizabeth Olsen, so that's where I'm at now. Okay. You know who that is? No. Marvel? Scarlet Witch? I don't do Marvel. All right, moving on then. (laughs) Yeah, what are we doing? Jackie Bradley Jr. was signed. Let's talk about that instead of Cole Tucker's relationship status. 12 minutes into the pod... We already went off the rails. Yeah, I don't even know how we got to that one. That was a... It's it's fine. It's fine. 12 minutes in, we're finally getting to the news that we need to be talking about. Not bad. I'm just... (laughs) I'm They say you're not burying the lead. That's what we're doing here. What? You never heard the term bury the lead? Bury the lead? Why would you want to bury a lead? Wouldn't that mean you're losing? No, Jackie Bradley Jr. is like the biggest news to happen. So theoretically, if we were good media people and good journalists, we would have talked about that first. But instead, we're talking about it 12 minutes in. We buried the lead. We got people hooked. That's what we did. (laughs) Yeah, there. That's let's say that. Like they have to stay to hear about the Jackie Bradley Jr. Oh, anyways, we talked about this a little bit before we got on and I said, I, I like the signing, right? I mean, he's a good player, great defensive player. Um, you know, one of probably one of the best in the league, if not the best. And I said, yeah, he's a good backup. And then you reminded me that he signed for two years, twenty four million. That's not backup money. No, and that's where I am beyond confused like i'm not against the signing i'll say that right now like not against the signing i don't think there's such thing as too much talent i think the chance of us going through four outfielders this season is very high injuries happen hot streaks happen slumps happen it's gonna all happen and you're gonna need four it's just it's a lot of money yeah it's a ton of money for a guy that's theoretically not playing every day Right. And it's funny because our top four salaries for this year is Lorenzo Cain at the top, I think at like 17 million. Christian Yelich is making 14 million this year. Bradley will be making 12 million. And then Garcia will be making 10.5. So our top highest salaries right now is our outfield. So all I got to say is our outfield better be damn good this year because we're spending a lot of money right. on them. I mean, we have four all-star outfielders, so right. not there's, a lot of teams can say that. Yeah, there's three gold gloves between them, Seriously, multiple all-star crazy. appearances. It's technically not official yet. I think like he still has to go through like a physical and like sign everything. But also, and then it throws me off because then... I well, read something yesterday. Um, I wanted to say something, but... You can say something. Go what ahead. What throws me off is he doesn't play the corner outfields, really. He's kind of strictly a center fielder. And that's where it's like, oh, he's our backup, but he only plays center field, too. And same right. with Lorenzo Kane. So it's just very interesting to see how they're going to shuffle the outfield. Like, why would we try to force Jackie Bradley Jr. to play right field or left field when he's a, you know, gold glover in center? Right. And another thing, yesterday, it was a Bleacher Report article. I think it was, like, 
the top seven most unexpected trades that could go down. In one of them was involving Lorenzo Cain, saying that we would trade Lorenzo Cain to the Phillies. There's a couple of prospects that we could have gotten, or it said that we could get for Lorenzo if Alex we had gotten Bohm. what? Alex Bohm. I don't remember. That, I mean, that's like their top prospect. He'll probably not. But no, I would doubt it. We need a third baseman. We we need one of those. Um, but no, we got Jackie Bradley Jr. Okay. No. I what? I said. We need a third baseman, but no, we got Jackie Bradley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it now. I get it. It took me a minute. (laughs) There was hesitation there. Calm down. Anywho. Do you need a nap? Probably. I haven't taken a nap in like four days, and so I'm a little bit sleep deprived. I typically (laughs) take one after school, but since there's been baseball now. Right, right. You better get on your A game. We're going to have to be recording once a week now as opposed to every two and a half weeks. Yeah, so, like, I need to, like, watch baseball, and so I don't take naps now, and then I have to go to work, and blah, 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 and I'm here. Anyway, as I was saying, the Rollins O'Kane trade. So, I thought that was interesting. I was like, well, maybe they're, um, you know, putting Lorenzo out there as a name that could possibly be traded. But then Council said today that Lorenzo Kane is the Brewers' starting center fielder, and I'm like, well, we just paid $24 million for now what's looking like a backup outfielder i i i do love what you say when you said you can never have too much talent i really do believe that's true i just i i mean every team needs four outfielders but do we have to pay a backup 24 million and that's where i get a little confused like don't we struggle to have corner infielders every single year like i don't know wasn't putting in Ben Gamble every once in a while, it wasn't the worst plan. No, but I don't... I think my biggest... What was I saying? Maybe maybe they're just banking on Lorenzo Cain's a little bit older. If one That's of these what players, I was going to say. If one of these players goes down with an injury, you really do have a, you know, a fail-safe in Jackie Bradley Jr., which is always good. I don't, I don't see how that could be a problem, but... He's also one of those players too that I think he I think he's a better hitter than people give him credit for, but he hasn't been the most consistent throughout his year or his career. Perfect. Right. And if you look at what the Brewers' problem was last year, it was consistency at the plate. So I don't really know if Jackie Bradley Jr. gives them that. I think my biggest takeaway, I have two takeaways from this. One is I would assume that whether it's on the team's end or on Lorenzo's end, that there is not certainty that he will be able to play at least 140 games this year. I think there is something in there that they know that that's not possible with him having last off last season being the way it was. He started off with, a, like, his legs are bothering him a little bit, just trying to get back into things. And so that's the one thing. And the second thing that I feel like a lot of people are kind of, granted, it's been maybe seven hours since this has happened. But I think one thing that people haven't thought about is I think this officially says we don't have any faith in Corey Ray to be a starting outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. No, I thought that, yeah. I'm, I like, thought this that was, officially closes yeah, I thought the book that was on that official chapter. Before this, but yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, I think this officially like closes the chapter on that possibility. I could See, be wrong. What I just thought of when you were talking is maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll try to play Jackie Bradley Jr. at right, center, and left. That could create kind of a cool platoon situation where every, what is it, fourth day, you know, Garcia, Kane, and Yelich know that they're going to get an off day. Cause but my I, thing is, is like when Christian you know Yelich I mean? is like, hot, just, or if Lorenzo Kane is hot, or if right. Garcia is hot, do you really want to give them an off day every fourth day? I don't want to. I don't want to have to see Christian Yelich sit out thirty plus games this year just to get people, you know, just to give Jackie Bradley Jr. playing time. Right, uh, but like I, I don't want to see that. What could? How many games could you see him appearing in by the end of the season? Like over or under a hundred? I would say that's a pretty good benchmark. Oh. Because I feel like he'll be, like, kind of right at that number. Do you count appearances as in, like, a pinch hit in the later in the game? 
That's yeah, another I mean, thing. Oh, I just thought of an idea. Him, I would say anytime we have to use him or pinch fielding. I mean, he's appearing. I would say over them because that's another great idea is that with Lorenzo Kane, you could almost now I'm just thinking into really weird depths of baseball here, but you could almost do something where if it's like if you have like a lot of games in a row, you could do it where like Lorenzo Kane gets three at bats and then you put in Jackie Bradley Jr. to finish off the rest. And then the next day Bradley Jr. will get three at bats, kind of like splitting it up that way. Yeah, put him at like a platoon. Yeah, and kind of like pinch hit and double switch him in and out. I could see oh, that being a potential. Almost like when, oh, a double switch would be kind of interesting. Like always yeah. having a double switch guy that ready. Yeah. Kind of like a, you know, when the Brewers do their platoon pitching day. Yeah, like just the piggyback think of that. starts. Yeah, just think of that with Bradley Jr. and Lorenzo Kane. Yeah, I mean, could, Council's I mean, definitely creative enough in the managing role where he would, I could definitely see him doing that. But I don't know if that would be a consistent thing or not. I think it's safe to say the only reason why we're thinking of these weird lineup theories is that Jackie Bradley Jr. should be on the field. He's good enough to where they have to get him on the field. Exactly. I mean, he's an all-star. Right, and Council said it today. Right now we we don't have a fourth outfielder. We have a bunch of starting outfielders. And you got to kind of figure out how the playing time works. There's never been a problem of a team winning a championship with too much talent. Damn right. You like that one? Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's a I'm good a one to move fan. on from. Big one. All right, I said move on from. Come on, oh, Olivia. Come I on. I thought you were going to go into no, it. No, I on. don't even have the notes up. I'm just going oh, off of you right now. Perfect. Um, I know. That's what we do here. <laughs> Spring training games are officially underway right Sick, now. The team- by the way. Huh? They're sick, by the way. I love I love seeing the updates on my phone. I love knowing that people are playing baseball while I'm at work. I'm the at the gym. Part, I get to see it on the TV. I love it. The best part is once it gets to, like, you know, like the last three innings of the game, and then, you know, these guys are coming up to bat, and they don't have names on the back of your jersey, and you're like, who the hell are these people? Right. You my favorite know, part. You want to know, like, it's a scenario, right? Like, close your eyes. And just this is what I picture because my favorite sport to fall asleep to is baseball. Summer nights, just think of like you just got home, you had a nice little boat day, you had a nice little beach day. You're kind of hungry, so you eat some food in bed. You got a brewer game on or whatever, the Monday night or the Sunday night baseball game, the Yankees versus the Mets. And you're just laying down. You just fall asleep with a nice snooze to the sound of Buster only in the background. <laughs> I am so confused. I typically like to stay awake during baseball games so I know how they go. But maybe that's just a me thing. Well, I like having the background noise. And it's very okay. good background noise. Are you, like, falling asleep during Brewer games? Like, that's no, my main I, concern. I will stay awake during Brewer games. Because, you. I mean, when's the, I don't, most of the time Brewer games, the latest they'll go is, like, 7 to 10 type of thing, you know, central time. Right. But, like, you know, you'll flip a game on on ESPN and, you know, it's 1030. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm snoozing away. But, man, the fucking field looks really good on my TV and it's putting me to sleep. I mean, I guess you do you, man. I'm not. I don't personally do that. I, but, right, I mean, Maybe it's me just saying that it's a calming thing to have on the screen at all times. True. I, yes. I will second that. I okay. love having baseball on. All right. Love it. Put okay. it in that term. We'll settle it that way. Anywho, the Brewers are currently 3-1 and one pending today's game, which looks like it'll probably be a loss. It's the seventh inning, and we're losing 5 to nothing. So, you know. Damn it. <laughs> That's it. You know, yeah, the championship season's over. We can't, you know... The season only goes as good as your fourth uh, spring training game, so I guess that's it. Throw in the towel now. There's not really much. I was trying to look last night. I was kind of looking for things to talk about when it comes to these spring training games. There's not many players that are just standing out. Do you think so? There's a couple on the pitching end that I would love to talk about. All right, let's do it. One, 
just because he pitched most recently, Aaron Ashby. I have never seen him, like, pitch. Like, I've seen, like, a specific pitch, but I haven't seen, like, him pitch a full inning. I am thoroughly impressed with that kid. I am beaming about him. Since he's been... Since he's been in the Brewers system, I have loved him. Like, he's a lefty. He throws over the shoulder. He's pretty quick with the pitches. Not like Brent Suter quick, but like quicker than your average pitcher. He is effective. He has a really good pitch mix. The speed is good. Like, the pitches are moving. Like, he has, I think, made two appearances now. He's struck out at least four, maybe five in the two innings that he's had. Like, thoroughly impressed. Well, he's a 22-year-old lefty with, like you said, a very good pitch mix. And he throws hard. Yeah. And what got a lot of people's attention the other day was he, I think he threw three straight fastballs, right? I, I he, or No, it wasn't three straight fastballs. I think it was fastball, slider, fastball. But when he, the way he did his windup and the way he released the ball was different on all three pitches. Yeah. And it's it cool. just, the hitter was nowhere close to the ball. It's really cool. Th- that's like that Marcus Stroman type thing where yeah. I mean, Marcus Stroman, he doesn't throw very well. He does throw hard. I mean, that guy's a stud, but he likes to mess with hitters and their timing. And it looks like Ashby is that same type of pitcher. And him being a lefty makes him that much more valuable. Yeah, the only question I have is, like, I think he started in the minors. I don't know if they're, like, thinking, like, future, like, on the team, if he's going to start, if he's going to be a bullpen guy, start as a bullpen guy, and then be stretched out into a starter, multiple inning bullpen guy. Like, that stuff is, I don't think we'll ever know until he comes up, but have been thoroughly impressed with him. Ethan Small has been very impressive in his first couple of appearances as well. I know that's music to your years. Kyle Hendricks 2.0. Yep. All right. Phil Bickford, who made his Major League debut last year with the team, has had some really good outings as well. Ray Black had a great outing. Drew Rasmussen. Whoa. He's another one. I love him. I love Ray Black. I love Drew Rasmussen. I love them all. Drew Rasmussen, he's he's a little bit older of a prospect, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, he's like I think he's like 24 or 25. He's kind of in that not really a prospect anymore. He's ready to be called up type of player. Hold up, Let no. Me... Come on, how do you not know this off the top of your head? Because I don't know people's ages. Come on, Olivia, me. you're supposed he's to be 25. See, is that prospect any? anymore sorry that was big ass hiccup right there <laughs> yeah but he was also a college guy so he was in college in 2018 i believe oh, okay okay that makes it better i think yeah or 2017 so he was with oregon state in 2017 doesn't have stats for 2018 so i don't know what's up with that and then was in Low A, high A, and double A all in 2019. Oh, okay. So he's just working his way through the system. Yeah, I mean, he made also his debut last year, too, and had a phenomenal, I think he pitched 15.1 innings, had really just looked great. Like, he's another very hard thrower. He is one, too, that I don't know if they're going to want him as a starter, as a reliever long inning reliever you know there's still a lot of questions there but I think we could definitely see Drew Rasmussen up this season for sure uh Corbin Burns pitched an inning two strikeouts classic threw over 95 I'd love to see it it was it was beautiful like it was like straight like it was back from last season control was there Like, everything was there. Like, having players whiff, he was getting the swings and misses. He, like, the pitch mix was there. Like, he looked really good. It's like, all right, bubble wrap him up and send him off to Milwaukee because (laughs) I don't want to mess this up. Yeah, just kind of an injury-prone guy. Yeah, 
get this guy into the season. Let's get him through the season healthy. Yeah, Freddie Peralta also pitched a pretty harmless inning. One hit, three strikeouts, so pretty typical Freddie inning. Love to see it. His speed was also around 95, 96, which is pretty typical for him. Um, Wait, Freddie, we're talking? Yeah. 95, 96? Yeah, that's his typical fastball. I wouldn't say that. I don't know. That sounds a little bit higher than what... I feel like he usually rides about 92, 93. Uh Uh-uh. Yes. No. I think you are being tricked by the Freddie fastball name. I think you are talking bullshit right now. (laughs) No, I am... I swear, I've seen him pitch, and it's clocking in at 92. There is no. It's in 94, 95, 96. 94 to 96, I would say, is a sweet spot. Freddie Peralta. Is there a way we can look this up? Because I feel like I am right. I'm figuring it out right now. Calm down. Oh, you are? Freddie Peralta average fastball velocity? Well, I didn't Google it. I'm on. Oh. That's what I would have Googled. Good radio. Um, okay. But this is important. We need to find this out. Because I always thought the running joke here was Freddie Peralta, Freddie Fastball, but he throws like 89 to 93. And it's all about his movement is his thing. Where is his damn speed? They switched See? around the layout of this website. See? Fine. They, you Google it. You Google it then. They don't want you to know. Keep talking other stuff. Fine, Freddie Peralta, average fastball speed. Damn, I we are at about a minute. <laughs> Freddie Peralta visualization report eighty point two. That sounds wrong. <laughs> There's no way. Thank you. That that is correct. Oh, I'm on baseball savant. Yeah, that's what I was on. This is what I was trying to find earlier. Oh, this is way too hard for yeah. me. This is the location. His four-seam fastball, on average, he throws it 93 miles an hour, topping out at 96. 93 average. So I was closer to being right. We were both kind of, whatever. No, you said 94 to 96. That would make his average about 95. That took you way too long to do that, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. It was the one number in between, man. Like, So, Ryan was right? Sure, I'll give you that Thank one. you. Just admit it. Thank you. It just goes a lot easier when we admit. Anywho, uh, we've had homers by Dylan Cousins. I'm going to be honest. I don't know who the hell that is. Avisil <gasps> Garcia, Keston Hira, Manny Pena, Pablo Reyes, and Tyrone Taylor, and Garrett Mitchell, 2020 draft pick from Milwaukee Brewers, has gone two for three Call One RBI. I am ready for him to start in the major we, leagues, ladies and gentlemen. We need five outfielders. We need five. <laughs> put them all. Put Garrett Mitchell at third. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Bradley Jr. Stick him at third. Put him where we need him. Stick him at short. <laughs> I don't care. Get him on the field. $24 million for two years. Get his ass on the field. Oh, man. Yeah, but I've been thoroughly impressed with him. He's done a really good job, as well as a couple of our other young guys, too. Um, they've all been hitting. Just some uh, spring training injury notes. Fun. Oh, I was going to say, oh. for the stats, just something fun to look into. I don't look too far into spring training stats. I don't know about you. I mean, Christian Yelich could go over 10 with 10 strikeouts. I'm not going to care. Right. With, with players like him, I don't care. But typically, I like to see the young guys because – most of them are going up against like major league pitching. And so I like to see how they're faring against, you know, the different type of movements that major league pitching has, the speeds and the arm angles and stuff. I like to see how they respond to that. Okay. Okay. I like that analysis. Thank you. It's worked for me so far. Why not keep it? All right. Moving on. Uh, some injury notes. Woodruff was scratched from his start, I believe, yesterday um, because of some back stiffness. There's no concern, just taking it light. So I think he, he woke threw to up. live hitters today. He woke, up, he woke up and said, yeah, I don't feel like pitching today. <laughs> Not exactly how it went, but if that makes you happy, sure. So I think he threw to live pitchers today and is probably slotted to throw in a game next week. Devin Williams is still a little bit behind due to his injury last season. 
He is still on track for opening day, though, but won't make his first appearance for at least another week. They're thinking maybe around the 14th, 17th area of March for him. And then Kane is said to make his debut Monday or Tuesday. Like I said earlier, his legs, he's still trying to get those under him, having some issues there. So they're taking it slow with him as well. Wait, he's just got sore legs or what? I guess so. He's having some, like, quad issues, apparently. Yeah, he took a year off, and he's like, oh, shit, I gotta be a professional baseball player again. Right, 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 right. So I'm not saying he wasn't working out, but I, I wonder, because you don't really hear about it, I wonder what these players that opted out did while they were just home. You know, I would have loved to know, but it was on The Athletic. There was an article talking about Shut it. Shut up. Uh, I I'm didn't. Not, yeah, I'm not paying. For I that don't. Shit. No, I don't want to pay for my news. So, right, we're entitled to things here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anywho, I guess we can start out just because I think a lot of people assume that with Brewers, a lot of our positions are set. However, there are still quite a few roster um, battles, if you will. So we can kind of go over a couple of those and finish this puppy off. Oh, quick question. Speaking of lineups and roster makeup, has Keston been playing first during spring training? Yes. Has it been sick? Like, no errors, like, has been, like, really good. Like, footwork looks phenomenal. Like, thoroughly impressed. All right. Gold glove first baseman? Uh, Say it. (laughs) Make the prediction. No. I, I wouldn't go that far. I think that's still, like, maybe, like, a Freddie Freeman thing. (laughs) But, uh... All right. Anyways, you can go back to what you were saying. Yeah. So, I guess for starters, there's a lot of talks that we'll see some six-man rotations this season, some five-man. So, I put five... or Excuse me. I put six slots in there. Figure at some points we'll have five, some points we'll have six. So, you figure the starters who are locked are Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Adrian Hauser. Then, the players competing for a spot would be Freddie Peralta, Josh Lindblom, Brett Anderson, Eric Lauer, and then I put Rasmussen up there. I don't, I just kind of put him in on a whim. I think he'll probably, if he is on the team, he'll probably be in the bullpen. I think, my assumption. I think Brett Anderson will be a lock. I, I'm leaning that way, too. Just because... We signed him last year to be a starter. Um, when he was playing, he wasn't – he was fine. He was a good pitcher. Yeah, he was also battling with that blister all year. Right, that he is a, a guy – issues. Yeah, he's also a guy that can't stay on the field, so – But when, when he's, he's on the healthy, field – he's, he's good. Right, when he's healthy, he's good. So I would chalk him in as a starter. Um, probably Lindblom is the other guy. Yeah. I mean, and this is what spring training is all about, right? And – at least Freddie, Lindblom, Anderson, and Lauer will all get a start at some point in the season. You know, you figure typically with injuries and how things go, so. Again, it's a good problem to have. You're having, right. you know, you got four guys, possibly five with Rasmussen, competing for a couple spots as they could all be quality starting pitchers. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Moving into the bullpen, I put an eight-person bullpen. I could see nine at some points. I could see seven at some points. So I just put an eight for now. You figure Josh Hader, Brent Suter, Devin Williams, and Eric Yardley are all locks. You have players competing for a spot would be Bettinger, Bickford, Black, Perdomo, Rasmussen, Topa, and Wall. Yeah, it's weird. I, you know... Saying that there's going to be eight or nine bullpen guys and we only have four bona fide, I would lean Rasmussen's going to be the fifth guy. Um, I could see, I think Topa's going to get a lot of innings. Topa? Yeah, I don't know much about him, but... He did really well. I think he'll be kind of a guy who you bring in in like the seventh or eighth when it's like not necessarily Josh Hader or Devin Williams time, but like it's still like a high... Like, part of the game. Like, if you have a three-run lead, I think Justin Topa is going to be the guy type of a thing. Okay. Um, I do agree with Ray Black. I think he'll get some innings. I think Bickford will get some innings Yeah, I was just continues. about to say, Bickford sounds like, he just sounds like a relief pitcher. <laughs> he like, really does. Have there, you ever seen him? Yeah, he has the prototypical, like, late 90s relief pitcher. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's like he looks like a skinnier and lankier version of Josh Hader. It's fantastic. Right. Um any word on Brad Bachberger? No. I haven't I don't even know if it went official. He's not showing on the 40 man, so Well, he's on the didn't... team. I just I didn't know if you heard anything cuz when I look him no. up, nothing comes up. But he is a guy that has been pretty good for the past three seasons at the major league level maybe he's hurt I don't know much about him yeah he's not on the 40 man so you'd figure they'd really have to be sure that he'd be quality throughout the entire season to have to move around the 40 man so yeah he's on a minor league deal so we'll see with him for catcher I think it's pretty locked you have Omar Narvaez and Manny Pena kind of a gimme yeah no arguments there yeah, and then for the infield, Keston here at first. God, that sounds weird. Colton Wong at second. Shortstop and third base are still open. And then you figure you have two more spots for um, utility guys. So the players competing, yeah, you have Arias, Arcia, Shaw, Matthias, Robertson, and Vogelbach. Shaw. Welcome I know, that's back. so weird. Welcome <laughs> so, back. Have we talked about him? No. Oh, he signed back, last Travis. week. Was it last week already? I feel like yeah. it's been longer. The mayor of Ding Dong City is back. He's back. Hopefully honestly, in his old form. Like, hasn't been terrible. He wasn't that bad for it. Was it the Blue Jays last season? No. He's pretty he good. Considerably good. I feel like he's going to be our third baseman to start the year. I, I just don't. That Hammer scares Urias. me. Yeah, I think so. There's technically four spots left. Uh, I would like to say Shaw's gonna Arias, make the roster, huh? Shaw's gonna make the roster, but I don't think he can't because you need a guy. You they need a him, Matthias or Robertson. Yeah, but Shaw, they to, gave him five million. They're it's not, a minor league deal. Yeah, for five he, mil, he can opt out. Hell no. On the 16th. <laughs> no. Yeah, but here's my thing. You figure Arias and Arcia will be on the team somewhere. Yeah. And then... Vogelbach, you'd like, probably. You'd like to think Vogelbach, and then you'd still want a, like, utility guy. But here we go. Oh, dear. If you were to bring up Shaw's second base days, no. I... Travis Shaw can play... We don't have a backup first baseman. Well, Vogelbach, whatever. That's right. He can play first. We don't have a guy that can play third and first. Vogelbach does not play third, right? No. Travis Shaw plays Nor third. Nor would I ever want to try. Travis Shaw plays third and first. That makes him more valuable to me. Yeah, in a limited role. Whatever. Yeah. He, he looks can weird out there. Yeah, he does. Him and, like, Moustakas look so weird playing second. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that when our average, like, infield size was, like, 250? Yeah, it was, like, fucking Travis it Shaw was at first. Uh, it was, uh, uh, I can't it was, remember like, it. Eric Thames, Travis Shaw at second, Mike Moustakas at third, and then Orlando at yeah. short. But, like, the average, the average height was, like, 6'2", 250 pounds. It was, like, this is bizarre. <laughs> Beefs. <laughs> It's <laughs> just like massive human beings. It is weird looking at Travis Shaw play second. But I do think that makes him more valuable than Vogelbach. Um, I'm not ready to say Vogelbach's better than Travis Shaw just because of one season. Um, right. I think throughout their careers, I think Travis Shaw has been the better player. And I think that's what the Brewers are going to count on. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really do like the upside of Daniel Robertson, though, too. I think he does have options, though, so that gives you some room. He's the guy from the Rays, right? Uh, Orioles. Orioles? I think. I thought he was from the no, Rays. No, he... Uh, oh, shit. Now you got me double. Either way, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not going to make it, but I think our infield guys, this is my prediction, is going to be Keston, Colton, Orlando, Urias, Travis Shaw, and Robertson. I don't think we get Daniel Vogelbach on the field much this year. Really? That's just what I think. I don't know. That's interesting. Why can't the damn DH be back? Can we just talk right. about that? Stupid. No, I don't. I don't. 
want to talk about it. So, <laughs> with Robertson, he was with the Giants for the most part of last year, so we were both wrong. He was uh, with the Rays before, so you were right. That was when he was at his best, right, with the Rays? Yeah, he was yeah. drafted by them. Um, And he doesn't have any minor league options left, so that doesn't help. All right, well, that's my prediction. Right. I don't know if you have one. It'll be I can I can really see both Urias and Arcia. I think they'll both be in the lineup or on the roster. Then it's just figuring out. I do see the Shaw Robertson. I could see a Vogelbach Robertson. I could see a Vogelbach Shaw. So I could see any combination filling in the rest. Yeah, maybe Shaw starts the year in AAA. I could see that. You know, yeah, but he might uh, he might opt out though because he has an opt out on the sixteenth, fifteenth, or sixteenth of March. So basically, he can opt out if he opts in. Oh, can he opt out anytime after that? I believe so. Oh, I was gonna say because so, if he only has like you know that certain limited amount of time, then we kind of know what their plan is with Trevor Shaw. Right. So I think with how his deal is centered it's a minor league deal so after the 16th if we say hey you're not going to be on the roster we'll send you down the triple a team he can say yes or no to that and i think he'll have an opt-out the rest of the season maybe hmm. I'm um, sure but he i know voids. the 16th I'm yeah sure he voids a lot of money if he opts out so yeah so anyways up what to is that outfield? Oh. outfield is pretty pretty bona fide i would think now with the signing today so you have christian yelich lorenzo kane obviously garcia jackie bradley jr the players left you have tyrone taylor who has a couple of options left so he'll probably be the one to come up and down throughout the season Derek fisher and billy mckinney are guys that are either on minor league deals with an invite to spring training or invite to spring training deals yeah i I feel like they've kind of lost their job now, so... Out of all the position groups, that one seems the most clear-cut. Besides catcher, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Besides catcher, but with Tyrone Taylor being, you know, up and down, he's a guy that can be serviceable in a limited role. Um, But yeah, the Jackie Bradley Jr. signing, it does make our outfield super deep. Oh, for sure. And it's like, and I think, too, I think Council had said that you know, there's two sides of the ball. It's preventing runs and scoring runs, and he wants to be better at preventing them this year. So you figure, obviously, Jackie Bradley Jr. with the gold glove well, has that ability, um, along with the two other guys who have him too. So Right. It's funny because I feel like the Brewers are quietly becoming one of the best defensive teams in the league um, because at, yeah. catcher, at catcher, you have Manny Pena. I mean, I, we don't talk about Narvaez, but when you have Manny Pena in the game, he's a guy that's one of the better defensive catchers um, when he's when he's playing when he's I don't know I don't know how you would measure a backup catcher's ability to be like a gold glove caliber player but he's got the arm he's, he's yeah up. he's he got could, the arm if if you gave him 162 games he could probably be in the conversation yeah like he's got an arm the ball rarely gets past him he calls a great game he knows the pitchers really well like, all of that he has, and that's why he's stuck around the team. Fun fact about Manny Pena. You ready for this? Yes. Since Ryan Braun is now not a brewer, Manny Pena is the longest tenured brewer on the yes. team right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but then going to first, you know, Keston here, it's his first year at first base, but he can't be much worse than he was at second. So that's probably an improvement. <laughs> Um, at wow, second base, really high expectations there. At second base, you have a gold glover in Colton Wong, which, okay, anytime you can get a gold glover on the field, great. Shortstop, Orlando Arcia, a guy that could be in the conversation for gold glove. I could see him winning one. If his, if they, his offense supported right, it. Right, because they say the gold glove is all about defense, but like... Yeah, you, that's bullshit. Yeah, usually it's like the well-known guys get to win the award. Right. Um, third base, you know, whoever it is, Urias who's a shortstop by trade, whatever, shortstop second base, Travis Shaw. I think all guys are serviceable. No problems yeah. there. And then the outfield that like we talked about, you know, there's three gold gloves. Your worst fielder is probably Christian Yelich. 
Yeah, and he's he won a gold glove. Gold glove, so. Love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think we are see- we secretly have a really stacked team, and I think we're going to surprise a lot of people heading into the season. Yeah. I'm like I'm getting more and more excited especially like when you break it down like this and you see the pitching and everybody we have lined up and we have you know four guys competing for two spots and I think that's really promising to look at especially because we're consistently ripped on that we didn't get better this offseason we need to sign free agent pitching you know you hear it all the time and then you look at what we have and it's like we don't need that we have it yeah I think the biggest thing for this upcoming season for the Brewers to be good I'm obviously hitting you know consistent hitting but that's obvious for any team but and that'll come what I tell people and they ask me is I say Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff need to be number one and number two. Like they need to be the guys to anchor that rotation. Yeah. Um, 100%. I don't think we can afford for that one of them to kind of fall off and become average. Um, I think we need both of them to be above average, which they've shown they can do. Um, But other than that, I see our team as, like you said, very deep, a lot of different lineup combinations. I, I mean, I think the casual fan isn't giving the Brewers the respect, but when you look at a lot of analytics and a lot of, like, power ranking uh, projections and final standing projections, the Brewers are consistently at, like, 85 to 90 wins. Yeah, hell, Pakota put us at, like, 89 wins in winning the division. I was right. like, all right. I was like, okay. Right. So, crazy stuff. Definitely looking forward to the season. Yeah, things are looking good. I think that's all we got for today. I think that's all we got. What hell of an episode for us. Look at that. Right. We went off the rails, found our groove in the middle of it, and as always, finish strong. Finish strong. As always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give it a rate. Also, tell us what you'd like to hear. Uh, We're making this for you guys, so make sure you're letting us know what you want to hear. Follow us on the Twitter. Uh, We got some good information coming out there. And with that, we are we doing two weeks or one week now, pal? Um, I think once the regular season starts, we go one week. I think we I do. Agree. I think we do one week before the season starts, and then just keep each week. Yeah, I think the I think the last week in March is a week for us slated out. That would be a second week, so we should be good there. All right, cool. Sounds good. I, we'll see y'all then. Have a good one, guys.